Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. It's Monday, April 6, 2020. We're glad that you took time to dial in and listen to this podcast, which is created by Mortgage Professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we are so glad to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format. In today's hot topic, we've got Brent Chandler joining us. He's founder and CEO of Form Free. He is widely recognized as an innovator in the mortgage industry and the financial services area and with technologies. We're going to be talking about three primary areas. We're going to talk about the innovation that is going on in the market that he sees, especially in mortgage loan originations. We're also going to be talking about how to shore up capacity as we prepare for the influx of distressed borrowers and then streamlining loan refis in a mass scale way. He's going to be talking a bit about that. So again, the last couple of podcasts we've done is focusing on what you can do to prepare for when we get on the other side of this. So Brett's going to be sharing some innovation, innovative ideas. Looking forward to having him on. Always enjoy my conversations with Brent Chandler and hear about all that he's got going on. I want to talk about the Industry Syndicate for a minute. Be sure to check out all the podcasts at industrysyndicate.com. We're listed in there. We're part of it. Been there since the beginning. It's a great resource as you're looking through audio sources to keep you and your team updated on what is going on. I want to say a shout out to our listeners. There's literally thousands and thousands of them, but I want to say special again, reach out to Kevin Perano of PRMG. He does a great job with his videos. Again, he sent some more out over the weekend. We've talked about it. Uh, He will be our guest coming up here next week. Very excited to have Kevin on. Talking about communication. How do you communicate in these kind of times? And then also, uh, James Deitch is going to be on with us. He is CEO of Terra Verde. So listen to his video. He's on Saturday or Sunday talking about taking the grief scales. You go through grieving and how you come through this. He actually converted that, how you go through a crisis. If you haven't checked out that, check out James Deitch's video over the weekend. Also, Kim Schubert, one of our faithful listeners forever. With Freddie Mac, as well as Courtney Davis, was listening in and giving some comments and feedback with Black Knight. Also, Michael Kelleher, Christy Moss with Form Freak. Oh, my gosh. She is a social machine in herself. She's amazing. Also, Sue Binder, so good to have all you all, as we say here in Texas, all y'all as listeners. And for the many, 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 many others that uh, listen, we want to say thank you. We've got an upcoming online conference. You know, with the crisis, the corona crisis, all the conferences have been canceled. And so there was ever a need, however, for a conference. It is now. 
where we talk about how to overcome all the issues that are going on. Well, I am happy to report there is such a conference. April 15th and 16th will be a virtual live conference. It's called Mortgage 2020. I'm honored to be one of the dozens of top industry leaders speaking at this to thousands of professionals over a two-day interactive summit. And we're going to be putting links to that. Look it up by going to Rev Conferences, R-E-V, like revenue, Rev uh, RevConferences.com. Let's say a special thank you to our sponsors. The Mortgage Bankers Association of America is working tirelessly through this crisis to work on so many p- moving pieces in here. Most recently, they're working to try to get the administration and the feds to understand the importance of putting some type of safety net under conventional issuers, just like now Jenny May has. So I was reading up on that, and there was a real interesting article that Chris Whalen published over the weekend. It really talks about you know how Mark Calabra's comments and handling of this, there may be some partisanship in this a bit, but Mark's a handling of this is such that it stopped Congress from setting things in motion to be able to underpin some of the mortgage bankers. At least that's what this article suggests. Now, that partisanship, well, there's certainly what we did find out, it was a, came as a major surprise that in spite of the Mortgage Bankers Association of America going out and making an all-out push to get some type of fund, the feds to back it up, there is a program out that's called TALF, T-A-L-F. Check it out, Google it. It's a part of the Federal Reserve Program. It's a fund that was just passed in March 24th, 23rd or 24th, that has the funds available to help with this, but Congress didn't appropriate it. So there's some there's some real issues going on there. And Calabria is the one that's the finger fingers being pointed to Calabria and what didn't happen that caused that to be. So there's a lot of worry of the independent mortgage bankers. Diana Orlick on CNBC is publishing a lot on that today. Go check out CNBC's website to see all that they're talking about um, about this. A lot, a lot, a lot of noise going on about this. And but I want to just give a shout out to Bob Brooksmith and the whole team at NBA uh, for all their tireless work on this. Also, Finastra, this Fusion Mortgage Bot solution, automatically addresses compliance issues while delivering enhanced borrower satisfaction and increased productivity. So grateful to have Finastra, which is owned by Vista here in Austin, Texas. So glad to have them as a sponsor. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Both of these co-ops create competitive advantages for both lenders and vendors. Alan was talking to David Kittle, my good friend David Kittle at TMC, and wanted to talk about all that they're doing. Both co-ops are really working to work with their lender members and their vendor members to help set up for the future and how things are going to look in the future once we get past this crisis to improve it to should we ever get back to this god forbid again anyway also big thank you to the cmla the community mortgage lenders of america as well as indicom love alice's old company indicom she used to work with them great company they do a great job on outsourcing to outsource solution and we are so grateful for their sponsorship as well as Josh at Incelerate. We had them on as a guest talking about how his program can help you in a borrower engagement. Again, that was March 23rd. Be sure to go back and check out that podcast on March 23rd. A lot of feedback coming in on that. Also, Ainsworth Advisors. This is a group of top industry professionals that have come together to provide a board of advisory service to you and your business. One of the members provided this note. Get this. It was Gary Ort. It's one of my companies. Ainsworth is one of my companies. But Gary Ort 
retires from Texas Capital Bank, gave one of the people that he's on the board for, serves the board for, the advice, sell all your Jenny Mae servicing. He gave it just before the crisis. They came back and said, that one piece of advice is worth all the fees we'll ever pay Ainsworth forever. So uh, they sold out right at the high of the market before this crisis. They're so glad they did. Anyway, and they're a big VA lender. Anyway, check them out, AinsworthAdvisors.com. Also, AI Assist, using artificial intelligence to reach your borrowers, communicating. You know what? This is a powerful tool, for, especially this time when we're facing forbearance, how you could use artificial intelligence to communicate on an automated basis to your borrowers a message that is going to connect with them. Also, the Celebrity Home Loans, check out Pete Gabrion's interview that we did back on November 18th where we discussed mergers and acquisitions. And then Knowledge Group, by the way, they're behind, one of the companies behind the Mortgage 2020 upcoming conference, as well as Mobility RE. Check out Mobility RE, as well as Modex. Does basically the same thing, but it's slightly different features about it. Check out both companies. We have more and more clients using both of these services to identify the top LOs. Then also Velma, VendorServe, Vidyard, a lot of sponsors. If you're interested in sponsorship, get a hold of us. We got all our sponsors listed on our sponsorship page on our Lincoln and Lending website. I want to say a special thank you to Alice, Andy, Alan, and Joe for their contributions each and every week. Let's get over to Rob Van Rapp, fourth of the MBA, to talk about this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapport. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. In Washington, policymakers, regulators, and other stakeholders continue to deal with the fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic. MBA this past Saturday led a broad coalition of organizations in a statement calling on government regulators to provide a source of liquidity to those mortgage servicers supporting homeowners and renters impacted by the pandemic. Specifically, it stated that although the forbearance framework outlined in the CARES Act will help people, the scale of the program could not have been foreseen by mortgage servicers or fully anticipated by regulators. Therefore, it's incumbent upon the government to provide the final piece of the puzzle, a liquidity facility, to ensure that the entire industry can deliver much-needed economic relief to consumers through this unprecedented forbearance plan. MBA intends to follow up with the Treasury Department, FHFA, and the Federal Reserve on this liquidity facility. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Good job, Rob. Dan, talk about the NBA. Bob Brooksman and team, the, the NBA board, so many are uh, really going to be impacted by what Congress does, what the feds do. Be sure to check it out. Let's get over to our good friend, Les Parker, and hear what he has with this week's macro view of the markets with the TM Spotlight. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. One more time, we're going to stay at home. Okay, all right, don't stop the spending. Recently, the GSEs made it clear they only want solid loans to protect the secondary market. Meanwhile, the SEC and FINRA stick with cash margin rules to maintain the integrity of the capital markets. The Fed's massive purchasing of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities washes away liquidity issues. The U.S. federal government spending trillions keeps the greatest economic machine on life support while we all fight COVID-19 with social distancing and prayers for researchers to find effective vaccines and treatments. Then celebrate and spend so free. 
free. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. One more time. <laughs> That's a good song. I love that song. Good peppy tune. And, you know, it is so true. The feds stopped buying by mid-morning. It took so much pressure off. There's, I mean, there's literally companies on the edge last Monday that were facing the potential of being insolvent because of all the margin calls. Now, they're getting, as they're closing out the pipeline, that money is flowing back into their uh, bank account. So that's good. But, man, that was scary. There's some scary moments out there. We're talking more about what Chris Whalen wrote and uh, the consequences of what's happening out there. But let's get over to Joe Farr with the market update. Going back to what you said about FHA, Dreamway servicing, allowing some relief for advances on by servicers and Fannie Freddie not yet. Maybe that's part of the reason I'm uh, price differential this morning where FHA, yes. uh, Fannie Mae is basically flat on the day, but Jenny Mae prices for MBS are up a quarter of a point. You know, not a lot, but some some difference there, and it kind of shows the advantage or the, the, the need to have that backstop. Treasuries are down big today, which kind of points to, you know, MBS being flatter up, what the buying of the Fed right. is doing. So, I mean, it's all kind of a disjointed, disconnected market these days. Frankly, <sighs> yeah, MBS prices are, are not reacting to logical things. I mean, certainly last week when we saw the Dow being, uh, jobs report being as bad as it was, surprising that it wasn't worse, uh, unemployment rate jumping the way it did, no reaction at all. So, But Dave, the market today, as I mentioned, uh, Fannie, Freddie, MBS are flat, down just a little bit, Jenny, MBS are up, treasuries are down, and the stock market's up. I mean, that's one sort of natural. We're up over 1,100 points on the Dow today. Well, maybe that's uh, New York apparently showed some good numbers in their COVID-19 cases that may indicate that their their number of cases may have peaked, reached plateaus. So we got to hope that that begins to be the majority of the news we hear going forward. Looking at last week, it was really a pretty quiet week for MBS prices. Uh, and again, maybe the Fed's flattening things out. And that was, as I mentioned, despite a big miss on the jobs losses and the big increase in unemployment rate. Both of those were unexpected. But yeah, I think it's kind of at a point where good economic data is you know, not believed and bad economic data is expected. So um, <laughs> you know, a <laughs> little reaction. The economic data that's scheduled to come out this week, again, I'll probably waste my time bringing it up, but uh, it's just <laughs> not so going to be a market-moving event. And so uh, maybe the more important thing is uh, the Fed has said that they're going to purchase somewhere around $25 billion a day or up to $25 billion. As they've said, we're going to buy as much as needed. So what they put out in their tentative schedule may or may not be true. It wasn't true last week and that they rarely met what they said that they expected to buy. So just a lot of parts moving in, in, in different directions and driving the market in different directions based on what you're looking at. So this next discussion that you've mentioned that we'll be having about the uh, you know the, the position of Calabria, et cetera, is really the, the focus of the market right now. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I found the article. A lot of people have been texting me, what, TALF, what is that? And so I, I, you can just Google T-A-L-F, and it'll pop up. But it stands for the Term Asset-Backed Security Loan Facility, T 
CALF 2020 is what it is, and it has been established by the Federal Reserve, and it was passed, announced, well, they announced on the 23rd of March, and it is to basically be in a facility, uh, the issuance of asset-backed securities on or after that date to help. It's basically to undergird them, but it covers a lot of different asset classes. So the asset-backed security has got multiple classes within it. RMBSs is just one of them, so we'll see what happens with that. But at least there's a fund set aside within the Treasury for that. You can read up. I was reading up on it late, late last night. Literally fell asleep <laughs> reading TALF, and that's uh, it's going, what the heck? So, Joe, you're right. I mean, I don't think there's going to be much as far as economic data that's going to trump anything that's going on here. You're not going to believe anything good. Good news. That's yeah. probably the biggest. But um, And we definitely have what we have. So we're dealing with it, working through it. Thank you so much for being here and participating sure in the not, Hot Topic segment. I would yeah. add yeah. A, 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 to MBS Quotland, they have a great way of seeing multiple coupons, multiple securities. And so that's, I mean, it really does stand out where you can see prices on the Fannie Freddie MBS next to the Jenny MBS and, and really see they some differential. That. Yeah. That's good. Good. Appreciate it. Good shout out to uh, our friends there at MBS Quote Line. Also, I've talked to Barry Habib over at MBS Highway constantly on what's going on. It's so much appreciated what he's doing to support our industry as well with his commentary and some of his publications. Appreciate you being here, Joe. Let's get over to Alice Alvey, who's live with us right now. Alice is the CMB of Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. She's got this week's legislative update. How are you doing, Alice? I'm doing well, Dave. Thank you. I hope everyone is safe and thinking about their healthcare workers and, you know, doing everything we can to make sure they're supported because uh, right now we need them very much and uh, they need our support because they're, they've signed up for, they're in for something that they didn't sign up for. So yep. uh, I <laughs> want to nice give a shout that. out to all of our healthcare first responders and all of them right now. So my quick update is just about uh, the operations side. You had brought up health already. So You know, those particular assets are things like auto loans, student loans, credit Mm -hmm. cards, and and SBA loans, just uh, to kind of add a little bit piece to that. So I know we'll cover that in a little bit. But I think from a legislative standpoint, obviously Congress isn't paying attention to anything else that we've got going on, which is good news. Um, Mm -hmm. I do want to add a little clarification on the pieces within our operations that we're all dealing with for extra verification for employment uh, between the agencies, right? So everyone just needs to be very alert that you're following the agency guidelines, getting those last-minute re-verifications of employment, even if it is just by email for the agencies where that's allowed. And with FHAs, I know the MBA is working to help us clarify if FHA meant to just have their rule apply purchases or if it really was refinances and purchases because we're some folks are finding some confusion in the mortgagee letter. So hopefully we'll have that all resolved in the next day or so, Dave, and I'll be able to update everyone there. So as of now, just the re-verification of employment is probably the biggest risk that lenders have out there and make sure your borrowers do have a job on the day that you close. So going that extra step, even though there are some uh, quick ways we can get there and some risks we do have to take when employers' central numbers aren't working. You don't want to take uh, shortcuts there just because that's an automatic buyback, right? The borrower's not employed on the day of the job. That's right. You're not going to be able to say, well, we did, or I'm sorry, on the day of closing. You're not just not going to be able to say, yeah, but it was COVID, right? That that isn't going to play into, but they didn't have a job on the day of closing. So protect your risks there is my two cents for our update today, Dave. Good, good. Yeah, I can't pay enough 
attention to that one. A lot of concern about, yeah, even if they have a job, will they have one coming up? And how is the regulators, the investors, excuse me, the investors, court, the aggregators specifically, going to be treating those first payment defaults on that? It's The contracts call yeah. for an automatic repurchase. So, Oh, I'm sorry. I want to jump in before you take it away to yeah. another. I forgot to mention about the CFPB link also. I wanted to make sure everyone was mm. aware and had a chance to see that the CFPB did make a video and you know, for a government video, it's not all that bad because it does say, please make your house payment. Just because there's a forbearance law out there yes. doesn't mean you should take advantage. So as we're probably going to continue to talk about this huge disadvantage that we have, that the borrower doesn't have to provide us with any proof. All they have to do is tell us that, you know, it's COVID-19. Um, so I'm really, for those of you who are loan officers, salespeople out there, and you want to advise folks or you have family asking, hey, should I make my mortgage payment, this CFPB video is a good one to watch and their website to just remind people you still owe the money. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions. We've seen that um, when we've had hurricane relief efforts on foreclosures and with forbearance. And uh, we've seen most customers don't understand what that word means. So for those of you who listen to this program, get educated on that. You can, there's some good information on the CFPB website that's good in general. Keeps your company out of risk. You know, instead of highlight what your company does, send them to a general website to get the information so they understand what's involved. So, sorry, Dave. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Back no, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you brought that up. No, it was good that they saw them doing that because... There seems to have been a like, hey, you could, you I heard. In fact, Diana or- Orlick was talking about how it, there's the perception out there that you can just call up your servicer, and he, and she actually interviewed the president or CEO of uh, Caliber, and they had a huge number. One day, it's over eight thousand people called and just said, yeah, we're going to take advantage of this. We're not going to make our payment. So it is good to see the government stepping up, especially CFPB, saying make your payment if you can. It's so important. Alice, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to Bill as well for the leadership he's bringing to all the IMBs and the voice that is being heard in Washington, D.C. as a result of his initials. He's the one that set up the Independent Mortgage Bankers Group within the MBA, and so so grateful for Bill and all that he's doing in many ways. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. Let's get over to Alan Pollack. Alan is here with this week's weekly tech update. What you got, friend? Hey, afternoon, everybody. You know, I'll start us off, David, today with a dad joke because I didn't, I didn't get any stats. Because <laughs> there's there's, uh, been, so there's been some stuff. hilarious things on posted on all the social media sites. Hilarious stuff. Yeah, but, so here, uh, here's you, a good one. Why don't cats play poker in the jungle? Okay, and the reason I know you weren't going to have the answer to that. It's too many cheetahs. Ah, uh, too many cheetahs. Yeah, that is bad. You spend a lot of time with your kids. You're spending some time with your kids. That's good. That's a that's a good kid joke. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, we are in some very fun, unique, challenging, stressful times. I got to be honest, I have had the opportunity to speak to a number of technology people in the industry. I have a couple things in the news to go over, but really I, I, today I just wanted to focus on, you know, what should you really be thinking about? What should you be doing? And almost like fact versus fiction. So let, let's get started. First, remote online notarizations. There is a lot going on. The technology, oh, yeah. the infrastructure, for the most part, to transact is in place. But remember, a lot of states and local municipalities don't have the technology to adopt. However, there may be some change coming very quickly. We don't have the answers to all of that, and it's hard to Google and find it. So you want to talk to your doc provider. 
for the three to four doc providers I've talked to in the last week, all of them have a solution, some way to help you. So if you haven't picked up the phone yet to talk to your doc provider to try and resolve that area of challenge, please do so. There is a, there is a solution. And a lot of times, it's no code. It's actually implementation. And you can, you can resolve it without integration and without anything important. So please reach out to them, and, and I hope that that challenge in that area gets resolved or you learn more about it. The other thing I wanted to mention, you know, each of the doc providers, this is a very important time for them. And not important because, you know, we need to use them, but important because we should have been preparing with them, or hopefully we were. Doc Magic just put something out. I may have mentioned it last week, but I think it's really important. They call it auto prep technology, enabling the total e-close to accept documents from any provider. Why is this so important? Because we, different channels of business, accept documents, and we're trying to go into a more automated fashion. And so anyways, they actually can flag documents and identify situations that are outside of the norm. They can read tags on anybody's document. You want to check it out. If you're a DocMagic user, then uh, just give some of your friends over there a call. David, Housing Wire put an article out called Housing Wire, What Would Have Happened to MBA Tech? Fantastic article. A couple mm, yeah, different companies reached out to Housing Wire and said, hey, because yep. tech was canceled, this is what we were looking to do. Our own friend Brent is, uh, which we'll talk to a little bit later, he was one of those companies. And I'll let him, I won't steal his thunder, I'll let him share what, what's new there. But companies like Top of Mind, LBA Wear, Simple Nexus, by the way, I was very interested. They just released in-app rate locking and product scenarios along with their desktop underwriting or being able to actually look at uh, both AU engines as well as Smarty that just launched their TPO channel. And then Regora, which we talked about Regora a few times in some past podcasts. So you want to check out those companies. And, you know, David, this is coming from the tech guy. I took a look. I scanned through the Fannie Mae seller guide. And I wanted to just sort of get a read on what's changing and are, are, what should you as a lender be thinking about as far as technology. And, and i got to be honest, you know, Alice, you've been covering a lot of it. But you, one is it's on their website. You can easily get to it. There is a lender letter, which is a summary. And it talks about things that are absolutely critical for you to make sure of that your technology partner has implemented. For example, some of the underwriting conditions, you know, a lot of people don't only use desktop underwriter they also use proprietary technology or that loan is different paper. In those cases, you want to make sure that if you're adopting agency guidelines, which a lot of people sometimes do, but they have overlays, that you're considering the tightening of some of the credit rules that are in place. There are overlays and changes that folks are making, so your technology needs to be updated to support that, as well as there's changes that Fannie Mae has made. Those will be automatic, for example, based on your integration, but for those folks that are using other systems, you want to verify and make sure of that. Also, for example, appraisals, right? You can do desktop appraisals. You can do exterior-only inspection appraisals. There's conditions around it. I'm not, the, I'm not the compliance and the underwriter, so I won't get into them. But you want to check it out. It's on their website. <laughs> yeah. But super, super yeah, important that your technology partner is aware of them. The other thing to mention is, and this is really, really important, you know, there's an article in American Banker called Bank Think AI Models Could Struggle at the Handle of the Market Downturn. So let's erase that last sentence, the downturn, right? That's, we don't need to hear about that. But the point is that credit models can quickly deteriorate, which we know. And a lot of the systems and models that people are using can actually not be correctly using vintage. 
And that vintage analysis is super, super important because not only does it not just go through a shock analysis, which may sound like a, a very techie kind of term right now, but it's super important that the, the shock analysis is compared to old vintage. And when you have a model and there's companies out there that are doing this and we use them today, you want to make sure that you're comparing towards that vintage analysis along with the economic shock model. So super important. Don't assume, don't assume that those automated technology AI models all work in this unique time. And it's right. even though we so want to good. rely on Great technology point. and automation so badly, we are going to have to have that supervisory human review in this unique time. And the same thing with your partners. You know, how do you move forward with integrations? You're going to have to pick and choose what's most important to keep your business fluid and to use your resources wisely. Not saying not to do new integrations, and I'm not saying to, to not engage in new technology partnerships, but make sure that you're carefully managing and prioritizing. And something, David, we've talked about so many times in the past, taking small chunks out of a big project and making small success. And you'll be able to move these projects along, especially integrations that were nine-tenths of the way done, and they're going to help you automate through these unique times. So good luck to everybody. If you have any questions, you can reach out to David or myself. And uh, looking forward, Brent, to uh, talking to you a little bit later. Yeah, looking forward to having Brent on here in just a few minutes. Appreciate it so much. Also, check out Finastra. They've got their mortgage mobile bot solution. Be sure to go check them out. Appreciate it so much. Dr. Andy Shell, a.k.a. Profit Doctor, good to have you with us, my friend. Boy, I thought about you as I was reading this TALF article. I was thinking about you as I was reading this and the securitization, the accounting implications. What happens if the forbearance, the forgiveness, and they're literally talking about packing it on at the end of the loan. I was going... Huh, how's that going to work? So I'm so glad we have you on today. Glad you have you on every time. Thank you, Dave. Well, so many things to talk about, including the topic you posed. You know, we just don't know what's going to happen in uh, two months or six months. We have a belief that there will be an, an antidote, there'll be a serum, that there'll be a shot. People will be able to take in a year or year and a half that will make it so that we have an immunity to the virus. But until then, things are going to have to be done differently because even when the, quote, peak passes, it doesn't mean that infection risk is gone. So we just have to be able to deal with that and understand the dynamics of working remotely and interacting in a way that is protecting either receiving the disease or transmitting the, the disease, the virus. <clears throat> so let me hit a couple quick topics and then we'll circle back to is this the apocalypse? So a couple of quick topics. One is that webinar presentations go on as normal. This, you know, we're not impacted by the virus as we deliver webinar content. So this week and next week, I'm speaking more about hedge accounting and MBS price changes and cash flow impact. Talk about timing to be able to teach uh-huh. these topics in the face yeah. of rampant margin calls and extreme MBS price volatility with the, the VIX over 80. So it, it, it's great to be able to explain more about this to folks who attend the, the webinar. You can sign up at mba.org, education webinar, sign up for accounting session five, four and five. So but let me talk about that margin call risk for just a second and then a little bit about cash flow impacts because this has been a confusing, a confusing point for folks. So 
you know, we've got this margin call risk, which means that we've got losses in our hedge, gains in the loans. We're going to sell the loans ultimately and, and hopefully make our margin. But until then, we've got to put up collateral with our broker-dealer to cover the, the, the rapid increase in the value of the MBS when QE, quantitative easing, kicked in and the Fed started buying MBS. Well, when a business owner looks at their P&L, their financial statement for their company, and they say, hey, we made a million bucks. We've got plenty of money to payroll margin call, not a problem. Why are we worrying yeah. about this? Well, the thing people don't understand is the accountants might have significantly overvalued your locked pipeline. So oh, new sure. locks coming in for all that refi business gets counted as profit. Is that not insane? And some companies count sure. a lot of it as profit, and all that flows right into your P&L. So it looks like you made a million bucks when, in fact, on a cash basis, you may have a hundred grand, and you may maybe have a two hundred fifty thousand dollar margin call. So that's a real issue. You've got to separate out the P and L result from the cash flow impact. Now, I'm going to talk about in my webinar how to not overvalue the pipeline. It's a huge issue for companies. But moving on to cash flow, you got to realize there are things called non-cash items in mortgage lending. The MSR and the derivative asset IRLC are both non-cash items. So we've got businesses today that are holding MSRs, and as of last week, the bids on MSR, brand new. Think about this. This is 2.5% coupon new MBS securities being issued with a 30-year term. 2.5% coupon security rate, so 3% or greater coupon on, uh, note rates on the mortgage. And people are saying that they're worth zero or 25 bips. Is that just is that just insane? I mean, the, the current yeah. risk of advance is real, and and mortgage servicers who hold MSRs do have advance risk. But but think about the other side of that. If you say at the end of March the MSRs are worth zero, what happens when the month the March quarter end financials come out, and the MSRs that have been valued at 80 bips to 120 bips now are 25 bips? That that's going to be, for some folks, a, a, a full write-off of the MSRs. And you mm -hmm. know what that's going to do to the month-end, the quarter-end financials for people submitting the MBFRF to Fannie Mae and suddenly have a quarter-over-quarter quarter change of 15% decline in capital? I mean, that's going to be astronomical, and people aren't really focusing on this. Now, granted, it's deep in the weeds. The accounting people are thinking about it. But there's more to all of this. There's lots of effect. Lots of dominoes that are going to be dropping as we start to think about all the impact of MSR values of current coupon 2.5% securities at two at 25 bits or less. I just can't even say that with a straight face. It's just astounding. But, you know, it is. It's truly you, astounding. You look at the servicer risk of advance, cash advance risk. You know, if I was an IMB, I would probably be very worried about it as well, given the lack of movement that we had on this issue in the Congress. Yeah. If I'm a commercial bank, I'd be buying servicing as fast as I can buy it. Because I don't oh, exactly. care as much about the MSR risk, the cash advance risk. Because one, right. even if the unemployment rate climbed uh, from you know like 1% to 4%, it doesn't mean every single mortgage is going to go into default. And maybe you do have a subset with a 1%, a subset of the portfolio with a one-month advance. And people don't, like Alice said, people don't understand that Forbearance doesn't mean you don't have to make your payment. You have to make your payment, and if you don't make your payment, you're going to uh, add it on to your loan at some point. So you really are better off to make your payment. 
So now, about your the first topic you started talking about, I'll wrap up here, Dave, is that I really don't think this is the apocalypse. I remember the, watching the stock market crash in 2008 and watching the implorer meter as mortgage lenders fail, <laughs> failed. Remember, yep. And I felt like yep. then that the reaction was greater than the event. The consequence of the faulting subprime mortgage was significant, but the economic downturn was greater than the consequence of that led to the, 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 the downturn. And part of that was irrational fear. And so that's why I think it's good that the government is putting out plans for how to fix it and putting out ideas for how to deal with getting face masks and face shields and get everybody in an understanding of social distancing. It's unfortunate that they forgot about the mortgage lenders, at least at this point. But hopefully, we're just now on the first. We don't have remittance risk yet. It's just not coming up. Payments are coming in now. Uh, we don't have first payment defaults yet. Uh, well, not 30-day defaults yet. So it's not a big deal yet, but we have time to fix this, but we do need to do something about it. But I'll tell you what, I'll end with this. And I know Joe knows this very well. Extreme volatility enables bidirectional movement. So what that means is that something can go up as fast as it went down. So Mm -hmm. extreme volatility means recovery can happen very, very quickly. So I'm, I'm very concerned for loss of life, obviously. I'm, I'm actually uh, concerned for high-end restaurants and movie theaters. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how, how you're going to go to one of my favorite restaurants in Austin, to Perry's, and sit there at a table like guess everybody has to wear a face shield. So I haven't figured that one out yet. In terms of mortgage lending, I think, <laughs> most, I think we're going to be able to have commerce start back up in various new ways, including yep. remote, remote, you know, remote working, working from home and engaging in commerce remotely. So, again, I don't think it's the apocalypse. I think we do need to get back to work in a safe way, though. Yeah, I totally agree. When someone was talking about how this is going to change, I mean, are we going to go back to shaking hands? I mean, there's, there's going to be some pause on this. I mean, some of the things that at least give pause to your thought, uh, hopefully we get back to our normal behaviors. Uh, it, it was good for a long, long time. I think it'll be good again. I, I was just talking to one of our clients, Andy, who was talking about this very issue and the remittances and the concerns that are out there. And a lot of people, the fear of what could happen is far worse then, uh, like Churchill's famous statement says, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And I think it's, we, we get so wrapped around the actual what could happen. Yes, there are some very significant issues taking place right now. If you're a servicer and you don't have a lot of liquidity and your net worth was made up a lot of the now overvaluation of your servicing portfolio, yeah, there, there's going to be some consequences to them. But it comes back to good basic accounting management how you handle your accounting. That's why I encourage you to get a hold of Andy mm-hmm. Shell at MBS-Team. He can help you folks figure out what should have been done. And we do need to have a look back on all of this. And so what should have been valued at? We've just watched too many companies, Andy, get too aggressive in their valuation of servicing. And those are the ones who are really going to struggle through the short term of this. But it's not the apocalypse. I agree. Yep, Good job. Exactly, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it there, PhD Andy Shell. <laughs> Dr. My pleasure. Andy Shell. Good to have you here. Folks, that wraps up our regular weekly update on what's going on. And we're now going to move right into the hot topic segment. For those of you listening live, just stay right on here. For those who are listening on a downloaded basis, you'll find the hot topic segment following this podcast immediately. Special thank you to our sponsors. Mortgage Bankers Association of MBA. They do a great job. Bob Brooksmith, kudos to you, my friend. 
Finastra, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, again, doing a great job inside the Beltway to help make a difference, as well as Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, AI Assist, Celebrity Home Loans, Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Modex, Velma, VendorServe, and Vidyard. Also, a special thank you to Alice, Andy, Allen, and Joe for all that they do to make this podcast possible. Have a great week, everybody. See you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.